ESPN Radio. doesn't make sense in terms of Jimmy's contract for the Niners to keep him on the roster. I would actually pull the trigger on this deal if I'm John Lynch and trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seattle Seahawks. If the 49ers have an offer for two second rounders for Jimmy G on the table and they haven't moved him, I have no idea what John Lynch is doing in San Francisco. ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Chris Canty. You can tweet to us at ChrisCanty99, at AmberW790. You can also join the conversation on the Canty call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 1-888-729-3776. And that's where we go right now. Mike, he's in South Carolina. Mike, you've been hanging on for quite some time to talk about Baker. What's up? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Can you hear me good? We can. We got you, Mike. Perfect. So the question is, I, I think there's two big things about Baker that, that keep these teams from wanting. One, he's just an average quarterback. He's not somebody that's going to change your team format. The other two, uh, the other thing is, He's a little bit of an issue in, in the locker room. You just mentioned Jarvis Landry wants to come back to the team potentially now that Baker ain't there. But as fans, we tend to leave out certain details of these situations. And the one detail I keep hearing fellas call in and mention, they're leaving out a major detail. I hear everybody say he had the, the Chiefs on the ropes a couple years ago. They about beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. Well, let's look at it, y'all. Mahomes went out of the game at the seven-and-a-half-minute mark in the third quarter. He didn't beat the full-strength Chiefs or had the chance to beat the full-strength Chiefs. He was going against a Chad Henney-led offense and couldn't pull his team over the, over the hump, you know? Like I said, I think he's average. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's not great. He's, nobody's going to change the landscape of your team, and these teams just don't want to give up a huge amount to acquire him. So I appreciate the call, though, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, Mike, I 100% agree with you on Baker Mayfield, and I'm always somebody that's going to put facts in front of feelings. And the facts are that Baker Mayfield, since he came into the National Football League in 2018, is 24th in QBR. Not that QBR is the end-all, be-all, but that just gives you, uh, you know, a measurement in terms of how he stacks up in comparison to other quarterbacks around the National Football League. He's also led the NFL in interceptions since he's come into the league. Now, I get it. There's a lot of dysfunction around him in Cleveland, and it seems like they got on the other side of that when they hired Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry. Good for Cleveland. But that is also the brain trust that made the decision that we're better off going in a different direction at quarterback than staying with Baker Mayfield. So I don't know that we can say that Baker Mayfield is a guy that is going to elevate the talent around the the pieces that you put with him on a team. I just don't see that happening. And beyond that, I do have some serious concerns about his ability to lead guys in a locker room. Right now, I would agree with you guys. That right now, he's not the quarterback that is going to elevate everybody around him. Although that's not necessarily what you always need. There's a whole lot of dudes starting for teams who don't necessarily elevate the talent around them. No doubt. They plug in and they make it all work, but they're not necessarily elevating anything that, but you know, they're making it work. They're managing the situation. And so basically to that, to that that point though, Amber, and I'm glad you brought that up. If he's not a guy that's elevating the talent that's around him, 
is he worth the risk bringing him into the locker room knowing how much baggage he had and how much was on display at the end of last season? Yeah, because he was a number one overall pick that were only, again, four years removed. He's only got one year left here. And on his deal at 18.8, which right now in this quarterback market, frankly, is reasonable. It's not a huge risk, in other words, to take a flyer on Baker at 26 years old. So although that right now, you and that caller are absolutely correct, where I am not convinced that he can necessarily elevate. I also don't think we've seen the ceiling where I'm convinced for sure that there's no opportunity for him to be able to elevate the talent down the road that surrounds him. And I think that's really the key when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Now, I do think real quick, also, that caller mentioned Jarvis Landry wanting to leave and now wanting to come back now that Baker's gone. I think, frankly, Chris, that's more of a reflection about how good Deshaun Watson is, not necessarily Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think there could be a little bit of both. Both things can be true. Jarvis not wanting to be a part of Cleveland moving forward if Baker was there. And now that Deshaun is is going to be in Cleveland, it's obvious that Baker Mayfield is not going to be a part of the equation when it comes to the guy that's throwing Jarvis Landry the ball. So I do think there's a little bit of that. And plus, Juice looked at what happened with OBJ, him going out there and resurrecting his career with the L.A. Rams. Everybody thought Beckham was past it until he got with Matt Stafford in a Sean McVay offense, and they rode that all the way to the Super Bowl, and he was a key part of it. So I'm thinking that Jarvis Landry is looking for that kind of resurgence with his career to reestablish his value uh, in the NFL marketplace. But, Amber, going back to Baker Mayfield, knowing that he's available for trade, knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that's available for trade, and with the news that we got from John Lynch, the 49ers general manager, about having an offer of two second-round picks on the table for Jimmy G, I got to ask you, if you had your choice, who's the quarterback that you're going to roll with? Is it Jimmy G or is it Baker Mayfield? Oh, well, now I is the, the that's a complicated question because of this. Oh, I think okay. right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback that I feel much more confident in. And I think often Jimmy Garoppolo, frankly, has been underappreciated, especially with the amount of success that he has had with that 49ers team. The problem with Garoppolo is that you're talking about a quarterback that's in his 30s. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that is significantly older than Baker Mayfield. And you're talking about a quarterback that... This year, fine. We're only talking about one year, but he's more expensive than Baker is right now. Also, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you have such durability concerns. So I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, in other words, the ceiling might be lower than maybe the potential ceiling for Baker Mayfield. But as it sits right now, Garoppolo is better than Mayfield. So I think in terms of who would you rather roll with, that question very much depends on what are my needs. Yeah, you're right about that. And I think it's also a matter of, you know, high floor versus low, high floor versus high ceiling. That's essentially what this comes down to because I think everybody would look at Baker Mayfield and say there's probably a higher ceiling that he's bringing to the table than what Jimmy Garoppolo is. But we also know with Jimmy, he has a higher floor because we've seen him with the right supporting cast. Although he's not a guy that elevates the talent around him, he's a guy that you can get to a Super Bowl with. He's a guy that can get to multiple conference championships with. And I think that's the difference in the two quarterbacks, which is why teams are much more likely to lean toward the certainty of Jimmy G versus the volatility that you have from Baker Mayfield. So even though I'm willing to acknowledge that Baker has more potential, based on what we're seeing and how the marketplace is reacting, that potential is not enough to get teams to overlook the warts that come along with Baker Mayfield's personality traits. And that's the biggest issue. 
And so for Baker, I think he's going to have a hard time latching on and finding a team that's interested, whereas with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's certainly going to have a landing. Uh, it, there's certainly teams out there that want his services if John Lynch is being true to his word and that he does have a team that's offering multiple second-round picks for it. Well, last thing on Baker. We keep talking about the potential that he has, the opportunity that he could have to get better into the future. My former coach, Bill Parcells, used to always say this about potential. He says it just means that you haven't done it yet. And although we did see Baker quarterback a team to winning a playoff game, in terms of the consistency year in and year out, we have not gotten that from Baker Mayfield. And we're holding on to the perception that we had when he was the number one pick. And I just don't think he's that kind of quarterback. That's fine, but there has been a lack of consistency in that organization overall during his tenure with the Browns, and then obviously injuries as well has played into that picture. We're going to pivot, though, and talk about a quarterback not named Baker Mayfield. Let's talk about Malik Willis and some of these guys in this upcoming draft. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Ball just kept moving. That's how they played before James Harden. How will Doc Rivers handle that aspect of James Harden down the stretch? Because that could be detrimental to their offense. This and more. Wednesday morning at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. ESPN Radio. And Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. I'm tired of talking about Baker Mayfield. I've almost hit... My Baker threshold here, Chris Canty. We're, so we're done with it. Baker Mayfield. We, well, we've hit our quota listen, for the week. I don't know if we're ever done with Baker Mayfield. Okay, okay. let's settle down. But we're just done for now. We're done I for think, now? Yeah, we're done for now. We're going to move on to quarterbacks that we haven't yet seen play in the NFL. Let's bring in Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst, to help us unpack the upcoming NFL draft. And Matt, in Mel Kuyper's latest mock, he doesn't have a quarterback going in this one until 18 to New Orleans. He has them taking Kenny Pickett. Do you think it's possible that we're actually not going to see a quarterback go until you know midway through the first round? Man, guys, I was only ready to talk about Baker Mayfield. I'm a little sad now. Uh, no, I, I do think I think it's I think it's possible. I wouldn't say that it's it's likely. Um, I, I think you know Mel does these mock drafts without trades, which is the same way I do mine. And and as anyone who does mock drafts or reads a lot of them knows, one trade will blow the whole thing up. And I think that's where we're at right now. Is every pro day we see Mike Tomlin, you know, and Kevin Colbert hugging up to these quarterbacks, and we see Scott Fitterer and Matt Rule at these pro days. So I think the question right now is. Who is willing to trade up? Or the other side of that, could someone fall in love at a pro day because of desperation, right? I think I used this analogy the other day. It's like when all your buddies start to get married and you realize it's your turn. And sometimes you make a poor choice. And I think that's what's happening with these quarterback needy teams. They see Deshaun Watson getting traded and they see Matt Ryan getting traded. And at some point you look around the room and you're like, who's left? And would you rather have Baker Mayfield or roll the dice with a Malik Willis who has more upside Maybe not, you know, some of the prickly personality question marks that Baker might have or the injuries that Jimmy Garoppolo might have. And I think that's where if you're Detroit, Carolina, Seattle, someone like Malik Willis starts to look really attractive because the other options aren't, aren't as – they don't have as much hope at least. So, Matt, the last few days we did see the pro days of the two quarterbacks that seem like they're at the top of this year's draft between Kenny Pickett and today with Malik Willis – out of the two, who would you say is the quarterback that's going to be first off the board at the end of April in the draft? 
I think it will be Malik Willis. And, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks, I think one thing, Chris, like the, the position has changed so much, even in the amount of time I've been doing it. We used to want six, four pocket passers. Now we want guys who can create and make plays and have arm strength. And I think we saw this off season, almost an arms race, right? Where it's like you either have it or you don't at quarterback. And, and so many teams said, Hey, we don't have it. We're going to go get it. And I think with Malik Willis, he fits into that conversation of he has rare arm strength. Like I think he would have one of the top 10 arms in the NFL on draft day. He also has rare athleticism where he was the most elusive runner in college football last year. Right. And when you watch his tape, it's hard because his best receiver is a five, eight former two-star receiver. So you're not watching him throw to first round picks or second round picks or third round picks. The other side of it is he's not throwing against those defenses. So the, there are question marks there, but I do believe that teams are going to bet on that upside, just like they did last, last year with Zach Wilson over Justin Fields and over Mac Jones. They took Trey Lance for a similar reason. You're betting on the upside. And I think Willis has that, and he has a lot of it, right? Because that arm strength, because of the ability as a runner, and, and you have to have that in this day and age. And you have to have arm strength and a quarterback who can, can win games, not a guy you're winning because, you know, with, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. You're winning because of him. And I, I think Malik Willis is the best chance to be that type of guy. ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller on with us. So you mentioned Carolina. You mentioned Seattle maybe moving to get a quarterback. Atlanta also looking like they might have a quarterback need. All top 10 picks. If I made you choose a team then where Malik Willis, I guess, is most likely to go, a team that in the top 10 would be most likely to choose a quarterback, which team do you think that would be? I, you know, if we're going to get crazy, let's go all in. How about the Detroit Lions? Or or why not the Detroit Lions is maybe the better question. You know, right now you have Jared Goff who can hold that spot for another year. But it, it does put you in a situation like San Francisco or sacrilege to say like Kansas City was with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. But you're, you're in a spot where you have a, a capable quarterback who's ready and, and can hold that spot until your guy is, is on the field. And I think, you know, if Detroit can look at this and say, okay, at 32 – we're probably not gonna. We're probably not getting a guy to be an impact player. At two, you have the opportunity maybe to slide back. You know, Houston's not taking a quarterback at three. The Jets aren't at four. The Giants aren't at five. So you could slide back to five, get some extra picks, and still draft your quarterback. You just got to stay ahead of Carolina if you're going to do that. So I think Detroit is certainly in that conversation, mostly because Aiden Hutchinson will go first to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the defensive end for Michigan, who is bar none best player in this draft. If, if Jacksonville takes him and all their moves kind of point to that, then Detroit is in a situation where, you know, who is the, the number, the second best player in this draft might be a safety and safeties historically don't go in the top five. So do you draft a safety at two or do you say, okay, this quarterback, you know, maybe he's not ready right now, but we believe he can be coached up and can become great. And I, I think you have to take that chance. We're talking with ESPN NFL Draft Analyst Matt Miller on ESPN Radio. And Matt, you're the best in the business because you led me into my very next question. On Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, he has the Detroit Lions taking Kyle Hamilton with the second overall pick. And I think this is absolutely ludicrous that you would use that kind of draft capital on a safety. Now fill me in on what makes Kyle Hamilton so special that he would warrant a top five pick in the NFL draft. You know, he's, he's a lot, the way I've explained it to people, last year everyone said you can't draft Kyle Pitts in the top five because he's a tight end. And we all said, yes, you can. Uh, he's an offensive weapon, right? He's basically a wide receiver. Kyle Hamilton is kind of the same argument of he's a defensive weapon. Now, 
the caution, Chris, comes in. We said that about Isaiah Simmons, and it took him a little bit. It's still taking him a little bit yes. really to find his spot with the Arizona Cardinals. So I think with Kyle Hamilton, you really have to almost say, all right, eventually he can be this. Right now he's a strong safety. And it does come back to the argument of even if you're the best strong safety in the NFL, are you valuable enough to take in the top five? Most people in the NFL would tell you no. I think with Kyle, it's the high character, high football IQ. He's also a playmaker. And we, we saw that before he got hurt this past year at Notre Dame that you know he was impacting the game of coverage. He was impacting the game as a blitzer. He was stopping the run. So he really is you know, a, a, kind of a unicorn at 6'4", 220, and to be the type of playmaker that he was this past year with you know three picks. He was all over the field for them. That, is, that would be the reason. I think the other side of it, not to get super long-winded here, I apologize, is it's, it's not the best draft class. So normally we would say, absolutely not. Do not take a safety in the top five. You're crazy if you do it. But this year the draft is weak enough that the question comes then, all right, then who do we take? Because the, the Detroit Lions don't need tackles. They got, they're too good offensive tackles. So it becomes, all right, do we reach for a pass rusher like Trevon Walker from Georgia or Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon? Or do you take the best player available despite the positional value? Matt, just as a quick follow-up, is there a pro comp for Kyle Hamilton, past or present? I think Derwin James. He's bigger than Derwin James. But I think if you're looking at – if you're being an optimist, it's Derwin James when healthy, right? It's someone that can impact the game that much. If you think back to Derwin early on when he was like spying Lamar Jackson and they shut the Ravens down in the playoffs, that type of usage, not so much the, okay – my guy's hurt. Where do we where do we kind of hide him a little bit? I think that's the the ceiling for what he could become. Matt Miller on with us, ESPN NFL draft analyst here on the way out. Matt, finally, I, I want to talk about wide receivers for a moment. I, I mentioned Atlanta has a need at quarterback, but in Mel Kuyper's latest mock, he actually has them drafting Garrett Wilson. I really like that move for Atlanta. Who do you think is the best receiver in this draft, and how many do you think are going to go in the top ten? Yeah, I love this pick by Mel, and they, they absolutely need receivers. I think Drake London from USC is the best receiver in the class. He may be off the board by the time Atlanta's picking at eight, depending on what happens. But how many could go? I think we could see six or seven in the first round. What, I say that in every year, guys, someone falls. You know, like Debo Samuel fell, A.J. Brown fell. Every year we say, hey, there's six or seven first-rounders. Teams know that, and they decide, okay, we'll just wait until round two to get ours then. So I think that that will be interesting to see what happens to someone like John Mechie from Alabama, who blew his ACL out in the SEC championship game. His teammate, Jamison Williams, tore his ACL in the national championship game. Those are the guys that I I think will become interesting. Traylon Burks is a popular name from Arkansas. He might actually be one of those guys that that ends up being available early round two, just because of the, the depth of that position. Matt, thanks so much for your time. Hey guys, have a great night. Thanks for having me on. So it was nice. He even got Matt, by the way, got a little Baker talk in there. He yeah, he did. He it slid in there. it in there. You know, he slid it in there. He, he slid it in there. We're going to try to avoid it at all costs. This next segment, let's talk about Kevin Durant and the NBA. Is he the best player right now in the NBA? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, equally annoying. The ball just kept moving. That's how they played before James Harden. How will Doc Rivers handle that aspect of James Harden down the stretch? Because that could be detrimental to their offense. This and more, Wednesday morning at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. ESPN Radio. We're tired of talking about Baker Mayfield, so let's talk about that team 
in Brooklyn, New York, that just doesn't get enough coverage. That little team, the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin equally Durant. as annoying as Baker Mayfield, right, Amber? Like equally as annoying? I don't know if they're as annoying because I haven't, I haven't talked about them in the last 24 hours. So for now, I'll find it refreshing. The NBA is okay. on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Hawks. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. The New York City mayor. Eric Adams, he addressed the city's current COVID-19 vaccination mandate, which is keeping Kyrie Irving off the court for home games and off the court when they play the New York Knicks. Here is Eric Adams. Right now, we're going to take some complaints. But when this is all said and done, people are going to realize this is a thoughtful administration and we got it right. And so baseball, basketball, um, businesses, all of those things, they have to wait until that layer come. And right now we're announcing just our two to four year olds. That doesn't sound to me like we are going to see Kyrie Irving on his home court at all the rest of the season or during these playoffs, Chris Canty. Yeah, that's the translation. So Eric Adams, he's talking to Kevin Durant and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets. If you want to be disrespectful in post-game press conferences and you want to refer to me by my first name, Eric, rather than Mayor Adams, I am going to show you how much power I actually have, which means Kyrie Irving, if he chooses not to get vaccinated, will continue to sit on the sidelines. And whenever somebody brings this issue up, I am going to continue to reiterate the fact that we have people that are New York City employees that lost their jobs because they did not meet the vaccination requirements. Those are the people that are my concern in terms of being able to reopen the city and get those folks back to work. My concern is not an NBA player that's still making $18 million based on his current salary this season, even though he's only playing in half of the games. That's not my top priority. And anytime somebody asks me about Kyrie by name, I'm going to also reiterate that Kyrie Irving can be available to the Brooklyn Nets if he chooses to get vaccinated. So Eric Adams has shown at every turn that he's going to put this on full display and turn it on its head. And Amber, just as a rule of thumb, it's never a good idea to go barking up that tree when you're talking about the mayor of the biggest city in the country, biggest city in the world. You never want to do that. So Kevin Durant, I get that you're one of the most important players in the NBA, but if you want to get Kyrie to be available to play in games, you can do more with sugar than you can with salt. The fact that he called Mayor Eric Adams out the way that he did in that post-game press conference, it was completely uncalled for. Even though I agree with the sentiment that Kevin Durant expressed, there's a certain tact, there's a certain tone that you have to take when you're referencing the mayor of a major city like New York, and especially with a subject as touchy as a pandemic and trying to reopen the city without any setbacks. The Nets have six home games left, I believe it is. They have a game against the Knicks left as well. So seven games out of, I think, ten remaining. Yep. Kyrie Irving then sounds like he ain't going to be available to play. And the Nets right now sit a game up 
uh, in the East on the Hornets. They're sitting in that eighth spot. They need every single win they can get without one of their superstars. Seems like, of course, it could be a bit of a problem for the Nets. We've been talking about that, though, all season long. They're still very squarely in the playoff picture, not even right now in a play-in, and that's all thanks to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant doing KD things, right, Chris Canty? He put up 37 last night, nine boards, eight assists against the Jazz. The Nets get a big win over the Utah Jazz. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the NBA right now? Amber, watching him last night, it sure looked like it. I mean, there was a moment in that game in the first half where Kevin Durant has the ball in transition. He crosses over to his left through his legs and brings it back to his right and then pulls up for a jumper at the elbow and gets back on defense before the ball hits the bottom of the net. That's the kind of confidence that this dude is playing with. And I get it. He missed 27 games this season. That probably knocked him out of the MVP conversation. But just for context, LeBron James is leading the league in scoring at 30 points a game, and right behind him is Giannis and Joel Embiid at 29.8. Kevin Durant is averaging 29.6 points a game. And Kevin Durant impacts the game more than just scoring the basketball. And beyond that, I don't know that there is a more efficient scorer in the NBA today than one Kevin Durant. So that dude is a monster, and if he has Kyrie Irving available to him and seeing some of the outbursts that we've seen from Kyrie of late, seeing the 50-piece he dropped on the Milwaukee Bucks, seeing the 50-piece he dropped on the Orlando Magic. Like, a a guy that's capable of doing that as the number two option for the Brooklyn Nets, if he were to become available in the postseason, this this would be my favorite to win the Eastern Conference. And I don't know how close it would be with any of those other teams outside of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's how good I think the Brooklyn Nets can be. But there's still the question of, whether or not Kyrie Irving is going to be available once we get past the regular season in the play-in tournament and then into the postseason if the Nets make it that far. And one more thing on this vaccine mandate for the private sector, Amber. I live in New York City, and I understand what it was like at the height of the pandemic, and I realize some of the setbacks that this city has faced. Some, Some very painful seeing the refrigerator units outside of the funeral homes because they just had the body the body stacking up. Th- this was this was a hard hit place in terms of the impact on COVID, and so I can understand the trepidation that Eric Adams would have with reopening the city and wanting to make sure that it's tiered. And I can tell you this, it's far down the list of priorities that he has to make sure that this mandate is lifted in time for the NBA playoffs. So I can understand where the mayor is coming from. I also understand where the players are coming from because the rule seemingly makes no sense. So I get both sides of the argument. I just, in terms of being able to get what you want if you're Kevin Durant, the way you went about it is not going to lead to the results that you're looking for. I agree with you that I would imagine the Brooklyn Nets winning games or winning a championship is pretty low on the list of priorities for the mayor in New York City. I wasn't I mean, I'm not up there. I'm in Florida. The situation down here has been handled very differently than it's been handled up there. But I'm sure that that is not amongst the priorities there getting Kyrie Irving back on the court. Also, it seems like we not we might not see Ben Simmons on the court anytime soon to help that Nets team either since we are learned now that he has a herniated disc and Ramona Shelbourne was on with us earlier and she was just describing the troubles that can lead to and it doesn't sound like a good situation for anybody so I'd be surprised if we see Ben Simmons or now Kyrie Irving at any point during home games 
the rest of this season. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Hawks presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Coming up, have the Bucks done enough to put them back on the top of the NFC? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Wednesday on Barton Hahn, a lot of teams address their quarterback situations this offseason. But which teams got it right? Professor Bart needs to hand out some grades. Barton Hahn, 12 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. ESPN Radio. Tom Brady's bringing the gang back together, Chris Canty. Leonard Fournette. He spent Monday visiting the New England Patriots, but don't worry, he ended up right back in Tampa Bay with his old friend Tom. He signed a three-year deal, a $21 million. Apparently, Tom Brady actually adjusted his contract so that they could uh, bring Leonard Fournette back in. We've seen Tom Brady do that numerous times, of course. Do you feel like now with where the Bucks are, which of course looks a lot better than it did before Tom Brady unretired. Do you think they have enough to do it again and win the conference? Oh, no doubt they do. Now, it's just a matter of them being able to stay healthy, Amber, which was something that eluded them last year. Remember, the first time that we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense all together was in the playoffs. And so that's one of the things that you're hoping is a little bit different if you're Bruce Arians or if you're a fan of the Buccaneers. And with Tom Brady back getting – Chris Godwin under a long-term contract, still having Mike Evans, being able to go out and get a number three receiver like Russell Gage in free agency from the Atlanta Falcons. This team is ready to go, not to mention making the trade for Shaq Mason, who's a top five guard in the National Football League, and then uh, you know continuing to, to try to fortify that strength, re-signing Aaron Stinney to an extension. Like Those things matter. Being able to retain Ryan Jensen, the guy that's played center in the middle of that offensive line, I think those are all key players for Tom Brady, and then Leonard Fournette, right? I mean, this is a guy that has shown himself to be reliable to Tom Brady, not only as a runner, but as a receiver out of the backfield. And I think that's an important element in any Brady-led offense because he loves to be able to check the ball down to running backs out in the flats or running backs over the middle of the field and let them do the heavy lifting in terms of yards after catch. This is somebody that worked with Leonard Fournette after practice to improve his hands throwing passes to him, and so to be able to get him to return after you've invested in him so much, I think that's a real win for Tom Brady. I'd still like the Bucks to bring in one more weapon if they can. I had thrown out Odell Beckham Jr. to the Bucks. That would obviously be massively exciting. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to stay with the Rams. But we talked about Julio Jones. We talked about Jarvis Landry. I could see a scenario where they feel the need to bring in someone else because Godwin, of course, is coming off of that injury. I don't know the situation with Gronk. He hasn't. He's the he's the holdout, uh, not going back to the Bucks so far. And uh, you know, and obviously the Antonio Brown experience is over in Tampa. So I do think one more weapon, but what helps Tampa here is incredibly, incredibly weak division. And frankly, the far weaker conference here with the NFC. That conference is wide open. The Packers aren't going to be as good as we thought they were going to be. There's a lot of teams littered around this conference that the Bucks are going to have a field day with now that Tom Brady is back at the helm. ESPN Radio.
We are coming down the stretch here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Chris Canty. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and plenty more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We've had an action-packed show today. Huge shout-out to Marcus Spears for joining us, ESPN's NFL analyst. Ramona the only Shelford. reason you want to give him a shout-out is because he agreed with you on the whole Baker Mayfield he thing. Did. Stop it. It's the only reason you want to give Swagoo a shout-out. Stop it. I knew Marcus and I were going to be on the same page. Yes. You know, smart recognizes smart. Ramona Shelbourne. She joined us as well to talk some hoops. And Matt Miller, he helped us break down the upcoming NFL draft. And now it is time to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. All right, Chris Canty, we have heard Damian Lillard. He's been shut down officially by the Trailblazers. Zion Williamson has been uh, unofficially shut down by the New Orleans Pelicans. They're not telling us he's shut down. I'm here to tell you uh, that dude shut down. He's shut down. It's 11 games left. (laughs) Right. Like, they're not bringing him back. Who needs a change of scenery more, Damian Lillard or Zion Williamson? Man, first of all, I feel like we need to hold up signs to free both of these guys, free Dame and free Zion. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to choose Zion because Damian Lillard is already going to be a Hall of Famer, Amber. He's on the NBA's top 75 team, 75th anniversary team. Like, he's an all-time great. Like, it doesn't, like he's already going to be in the NBA Hall of Fame. So, it's just the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Excuse me, the Basketball Hall of Fame. Let me say it. The Basketball Hall of Fame. He's already going to be there. I don't think he necessarily has to go anywhere to enhance his legacy, whereas Zion Williamson is trying to get his career off the ground. You're talking about being one of the most heralded prospects to come into the league since LeBron James did back in the day. So I just I would like to see a change of scenery for Zion when he was drafted there. Before the draft, there was a lot of speculation when David Griffin won the lottery that Zion wouldn't want to go to New Orleans if they were to draft him. And then his dad came out and said, if that's who drafts him, he's going down there. I never got the sense that Zion wanted to be in New Orleans. And I could understand that coming off of the situation that we saw Anthony Davis in with the Pelicans. So I just think Zion needs a change of scenery. Now he's going to be up for a five-year, $184 million extension on his rookie deal. If you're the Pelicans, knowing how many games he's missed, I'm not sure they want to give that to him. But that's something that's table stakes. If they don't give it to him, then we're talking about this being a, a much a divorce that happens much sooner than anybody thinks it would. So I, I just think that they need to go ahead and part company. They need to separate Zion, trade Zion while he still has value, get something back for him. And I think Zion needs that change of scenery. Well, Zion might not have wanted the Pelicans. I would say the Pelicans at this point very much wish that they had drafted John Morant probably instead of Zion Williamson, frankly, which is kind of crazy considering what we did see from Zion, the very rare instances that we have seen him healthy. Obviously, the talent off the charts, but he can't stay healthy. And I'm not with you here, though, because of all those things you mentioned with Dame already being a Hall of Famer, Dame time. He's accomplished so much in this league. He needs to leave to chase championships at this point in his 
his career, and he has earned that. Zion Williamson, to me, hasn't earned anything in this league yet. This is a lot of complaining about an organization that you've been with for a cup of coffee when you just got to the NBA. You haven't necessarily put in the work. We haven't seen you stay in shape. I don't know if that's factoring into this injury bug that oh, has no been doubt. plaguing you. Know you know it is. You know it is, Amber. The guy has been rumored to be over 300 pounds. Him not being in shape absolutely plays a role in having a foot injury. Exactly. And you're making millions of dollars. You were the number one pick in the draft. I'm sorry if you don't like New Orleans for a few years of your life, but come the heck on. You're in a very, very cushy position. Keep yourself in shape. Accomplish something in this league. Then complain about the organization. Then say you've earned the right to go on to greener pastures. Damian Lillard has done just that, and he has been loyal to this Blazers organization to a fault. He should stop being loyal. He should go chase rings. The NCAA, Chris Canty, has tried to close the gender inequality in the March Madness tournaments between the men's tournament and the women's tournament. Remember last year when the Oregon women's team tweeted out the pictures of their weight room and we know what the men's weight room looks like? It wasn't a weight room. It was a, a, a dumbbell tree with a massage table in a closet in the hotel that they had the 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 women uh, the women in. That's what it was. Right. It wasn't a real weight room. No, it was. I mean, quite so call, literally. So to call it a weight room is just No, like, you're right. I mean, quite literally, yeah. my weight room in my garage looks way better than the NCAA <laughs> was providing the women for a tournament uh, that is as, you know, televised and coveted as that one is. Now, they've corrected that situation. That was actually listen to uh, they listen to all the backlash and so now the swag bags are the same between the men and women a lot of the facilities are far more equal now they have uh, the same players lounge that the men get for once they make it to the final four there's a lot of the same facilities and perks now for the women as there are for the men a step step in the right direction chris canty it's a step in the right direction it's a step in the right direction we don't like how the ncaa got there we would have hoped that they would be as the gatekeepers of amateur athletics, this would be something that's at the forefront of their mind in terms of equity across all uh, across the sport with all student athletes, both men and women. And so the fact that it took them being embarrassed at the last NCAA tournament with the women having to tweet out the picture, I, I just I, it it still rubs me the wrong way that in 2021, that's where the NCAA was at with it. But good on them for being able to have all of the perks all of the benefits that they have for the women in this year's tournament that they have available for the men. I think that's that's huge for the NCAA to recognize that mistake and then to rectify it. It, 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 it could have been just as easy to go on as business as usual, but I think the negative headlines is what pushed them in toward doing the right thing here, and I'm glad they finally got to that point. That's the power of social media, being able to share these things, see these things. Uh, It's a shame that it's necessary, but that did actually affect some change. Julian Edelman, he's been training with Tom Brady. So he's sparking rumors here of a Gronk, Judon, Edelman, Brady reunion. What do you make of this? No, it ain't going to happen. Are they going to run back? It ain't going to happen. I mean, maybe Rob Gronkowski comes back, but I can promise you Julian Edelman is done. Like, Julian Edelman is not stepping back on an NFL field. He's not going to play for Tom Brady. And really, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you already got your number three receiver. You got Russell Gage. And Tom Brady was a part of that recruitment process. Russell Gage does a lot of the same things that you would be asking Julian Edelman to do in that offense. So I I don't see 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going in that direction. I think, if anything, if they're going to bring in another receiver, it's going to be somebody that's in that mold of Julio Jones, somebody that can be a downfield threat outside of the numbers. They already got enough guys that can work the in-between-the-numbers routes, short to intermediate passing game. I don't see them bringing in Julian Edelman. Yeah, they they need that downfield threat in Arians' offense. You're 100% right. And Julian Edelman, he retired. Now, listen, retirement didn't mean anything to Gronk. It didn't mean anything to Tom Brady. So I guess him retiring isn't throwing people off of his scent. But I do have a hard time believing that he is going to be the former Patriots. Unretire. Coming up next, the Hawks are at the Knicks. How do you make the most of your land? If you ask the Rams, who run with us on a John Deere mower, they tell you, I mow first, then I do all the trimming. But the Hubbards, who work behind the wheel of a John Deere compact tractor, would say, If it's something you want, just go after it and try it. Then there's the Mosers, who may mention from the seat of their John Deere Gator UTV, You can't be all working not play. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. We're out of the brand name, but we do have the generic version of Serene's Pharmacy can't keep up with allergy season. They need certified technicians to alleviate the headache. Ma'am, I'm so sorry for the wait. We'll have your prescription filled soon. (sighs) I need some help. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up Wednesday, we're getting you ready for a huge battle in the NBA as the Nets battle the Grizzlies. Plus, is the East finally a better conference than the West? What? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Packer and Durham. Come on in. Star power coming your way. Have a chat.